Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Jamie J. Hello, it's Jamie J. And thank you for tuning in to this special episode. I'm going to call it special. Uh, episode of Culture Eat Strategy with myself, Jamie J. Uh, the reason that I wanted to do this episode myself is, uh, number one, it, uh, my wife suggested I do it. Um, and uh, apparently her and the team got together and talked about this. But uh, I'm not sure how close you follow me. Hopefully, you absolutely love it and you enjoy the guests and things like that here. Because uh, we talk uh, uh, about culture and how important it is, company culture and how important that is, um, and how that's even more important in my opinion than strategy while strategy is way, way up here. And I'm holding my hand, uh, towards the top of my head culture. Now my hand has gone off the screen. Is that much more important? Uh, I do believe that if you do not have a culture that is surrounded by positivity and kindness and, people on the team rooting for other people and trying to help them out the best that they can, going above and beyond job roles and responsibilities, then uh, that is, in my opinion, not a good business. Um, and, And you will lose revenue because of this. Um, Period. I've been influenced by several unbelievable people in my time. And one consistent thing or attribute is maintained in each of these individuals. And I'd have to say, actually, it's it's two things. But the most important thing is kindness. And in my opinion, the other is intelligence. Now, I'm not saying they're gifted uh, as far as being intelligent. But what I am saying is that through their kindness, through listening, through learning, through education, they have become very intelligent people and uh, are very successful, uh, in my opinion. And success, draw it up to whatever you believe success is. In my opinion, success is where um, you have love in your life, uh, you have wealth in your life in more ways than just financial. And a lot of this has to do with the cultural core values that leaders maintain, uh, go after. So longer story longer, as Christopher Lockhead likes to say. <laughs> uh, this past few weeks has been relatively challenging for me. 
because my mom uh, earlier this year was diagnosed or earlier in it, last year was diagnosed with interstitial lung disease. And then they found out that she had not only lung disease, but heart disease. And I got a call saying that my mom was admitted to the hospital because her heart rate was beating 172 times per minute. And obviously, this is not good. <laughs> um, she needs to be around 60 or 70. Well, she was rushed to the hospital. They admitted her. The doctor, the heart doctor, then said that he wanted to do surgery because her valves were clogged because they did a, oh my gosh, I forget what they called it, but they they did a test um, and they found calcium built up in the valves, um, in the myoptic, myoptic valve and the aortic valve. So she had to get those replaced with a cow valve, a valve from a cow and a valve from a pig. Um, and she did. But she wasn't quite out of the woods yet because she still couldn't take a deep breath. And if you know anything about interstitial lung disease, um, you probably know a lot more than, than I do. But what I learned is our lungs are are elastic. And as we breathe in and breathe out, they stretch, right? And shrink. And that's how you get the air, right? Into your system. Well, her interstitial lung disease, a lot of the capillaries that are surrounding the lungs have bursts. And what that means is that the, the, the lungs lose their um, ability to stretch um, their elasticity. So it's really hard to take a breath unless you are administered steroids. And steroids will help open up the airways. The only thing about steroids is it's not sustainable. You can't continue to do it because when she gets a steroid, she loves it that she can take a deep breath. So going back to the lung disease, when she re the valves are replaced, because the lungs were not functioning properly, she was still not able to get deep breaths and therefore the heart was not able to operate on its own effectively. So even after she came out of the surgery, we had to, uh, we were advised by the physician that she needed to get a pacemaker. So they surgically implanted a pacemaker um, underneath her left collarbone and they inserted this device. It's about the size of a watch. And basically what that does is it has about a nine-year uh, battery life uh, on it. And, 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 and then it, in nine years, you just have another one inserted. Um, and basically what happens in this pacemaker is two wires come out of it. One goes into the bottom of the heart and the other goes into the top of the heart. And basically what happens is it's kind of like a smart uh, pacemaker in that it will allow my mom's heart to beat uh, on its own until it can't. And when it can't, it'll kick in with a quick pulse to the top, immediately followed by a quick pulse to the bottom. To do, to do, to do, right? So top bottom, top bottom. And that keeps the heart going. And 
she's still in recovery as of right now. She's still in recovery. So only time will tell, but she is coming back. And there was a very low percentage of her actually making it through uh, the surgery. And sure enough, she, she did. As soon as I found out how serious this was, um, I talked with Sarah and she said, yes, you've got to go out there. So I went out to California uh, where my mom was uh, and she was next to San Jose in, in, a, in a medical center out there in Santa Clara. And I hung out with her for almost three weeks. Uh, Sarah did come out uh, for a couple of days when it got kind of kind of scary for me and was there as, as a nice support group. And so the good news is she made it through the surgeries and she is in recovery and it's, she finally got out of the, of her extended ICU stay, which I believe was four or five days, which tip, maybe it was longer, but typically you're in there for about one or two days. You're up and walking around and then they move you to a room where you recover for another, you know, five to 10 days. Um, and my mom exceeded all of that. Now they're taking her to uh, a rehabilitation center um, where she will uh, do some physical therapy for uh, uh, up to 100 days. I mean, we don't know yet. <clears throat> so I'm blessed that Ma's okay. Uh, I absolutely love her. Uh, she's, uh, she's a trooper. She's hanging in there. But the reason I share this story and, and what the heck does this have to do with culture, strategy, business, all of that stuff? Well, an assimilation of kindness and intelligence occurred in this time. Um, and I'm going to tell you about three things. I was able to meet with uh, Christopher Lockhead, who was very supportive, um, super awesome fella. Um, great friend. Uh, I was also surrounded by incredible physicians, incredible nursing staff, just an incredible support group there at the hospital. I've never met so many kind individuals uh, at this particular hospital um, and keeping us informed and keeping us updated and being there, you know, every hour, every two hours, um, being concerned, asking questions, um, seeing how Ma felt, seeing how we felt, um, the social workers. The and it was just amazing. What an incredible operation they had there, and every single person I talked to really enjoyed being and working at this facility. You can't say that about a lot of hospitals. And a matter of fact, I've had personal experiences in hospitals before where it was very hard for me to keep my cool because of uh, the circumstances and then how we were treated. Or in this case, how my mom was treated. To be honest with you guys, I completely lost it on an intake person. It wasn't even a nurse. It was just an intake person. My mom had just had a stroke. And the intake person was trying to ask my mom's questions. She couldn't talk. And I was trying to talk on her behalf. And this person was very rude. So uh, I did what most, you know, uneducated people would do at this point in time. And it kind of lost my cool. Uh, came to find out later on that that person is no longer working there. They did lose their position. But it's this is just going to show you the importance of having a good company culture, treating your employees right, treating your staff right. And, and 
and, and if you do that, coming from the top down, if you treat the company, the employees correctly and respect the organization, that's going to carry over into your staff, into your clients, I'm sorry. In this case, the patients. And it was amazing. And the third thing that I want to talk about is my wife and the staff here at Bottleneck. This is a magical phrase. And if you are lucky enough in your life to hear your staff say something about this, when something like this happens in your life, and it doesn't have to be a tragedy. It could be, you know, anything. But whatever you have to go away from the company to be on vacation or to handle something or to be there for a tragedy or, or in s- some way, shape, or form. If you ever hear this phrase, um, and I hope you do, this is an incredible sign that the culture around your company is doing pretty doggone good. And I heard this time and time again, this phrase, time and time again. And it was, Jamie, we got your back. Go do what you need to do. We got your back. Okay, but we needed to, don't worry about it. We got you. Every single person on our team, every single one, elevated their game, raised their game. Why did they do this? Well, Number one, I think everybody on our team is full of kindness. They believe in Bottleneck, and that's the name of the company, Bottleneck Virtual Assistants. They believe in Bottleneck. They believe in one another, and they're there to support one another. And what's cool about this is that this is something that you don't have to coach. This is something you have to practice, but this is something that cannot be taught. Caring like this, being kind. This is part of our culture. And while we don't always get it right, the people that we bring on board and whatever, we do for the most part. And that's what matters. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out right? But we have such a great core group of people that are all leaders within themselves, but we're not selfish leaders. This to me is an amazing lesson, an incredible lesson that I think we all need to embrace. As the leader of this organization, the buck stops with me. It's my responsibility to make sure that things happen in such a way that they are done with thoughtful, kind maneuvers that, number one, are good for the company, good for the company, number two, good for the staff, and number three, good for our clients. Because if we can't take care of the company, 
if the company's not thriving, the company's not successful, and the company's not earning money, there's no way I can take care of the staff. And if I'm not taking care of the staff, there's no way they're going to want to be kind and take care of our, our clients. I hope you see why that's so important. The other thing that I realized there is not only do we want to take care of the company, but we want to take care of ourselves. Now, Sarah, if, if you guys don't know Sarah, Sarah, my wife, she's, she's amazing. She's beautiful. She's kind. She's firm. <laughs> um, but she's, she's incredibly healthy. And she just has a knack for exercising and eating well. And while many of you know me, not the same. <laughs> but she's been an incredibly positive influence on me. And I could only imagine where I would be now had I not been with Sarah for the past several, many years. But we need to be careful about our health as well. Being in a position to take care of myself and to be healthy allows me to help others. And by seeing others succeed in their life and get the things that they want and spend time with their family. And if they need to leave for certain things, whatever that is, vacation or tragedies, they're able to do so and they feel comfortable in doing so because they know they have something to come back to. And for that to happen to me, for them to give that back to me, it's just been incredible if I didn't maintain my health as well as I had, I can do a ton better, believe me. But how could I take care of my mom? How could I take care of the family? How can I update them? How can I move around and, and do all the things that, that I need to do physically in order to support uh, my mom and my family and then support the team here at the work? And this, my friends, is why... I am such a huge advocate of life balance, not work-life balance, life balance. That's what it's all about. So thank you for listening to this episode of Culture Eat Strategy. Uh, thank you for letting me fly solo today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode uh, because it, it really hit home for me and I hope this is a great reminder, possibly gives you some ideas, but this is a great reminder of how important culture is in life. You can learn more about us by going to culture.bottleneck.online. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we put out a lot of podcasts. I, I don't know. I'm in my episode 60s or something like that. I'm not a big fan of keeping the numbers there. But we interview some amazing people. We talk with them. Uh, we learn a lot. And yes, every once in a while, I'm just going to share some of the experiences that I have here. Real life experiences. Also, if you're feeling overwhelmed with your day-to-days, why don't you look at bottleneck.online, bottleneck virtual assistance, where we help you stop the bottleneck in your business by hiring a highly skilled and educated virtual assistant from the Philippines. Uh, we do it 
full time. That's all we do. We absolutely love what we do. We practice what we preach. We are 100% remote here. And we'd love to show you how you can alleviate that overwhelm and get back on track and do the things that you really want to do and focus on the high level activities that you initially started your business with in the first place. So thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Jamie J. This is Culture Eats Strategy, and I really hope you enjoy it. Have a great one. <laughs>